0: When are we going to talk about it? When are we going to come Hello. together and clean up what we want? Do you want to talk about it? don't know what I still want to talk
1: about it. Hello, welcome to Finding Our Voices, the podcast. I'm Patricia McLean, founder and president of Finding Our Voices, which is at findingourvoices.net and which is survivors, including me, breaking the silence of domestic abuse by standing proud and speaking loud. Everything was peachy at first. Once he realized that I was in a situation where I couldn't go home, that's when things really turned around. Just like with whores and pimps, you know, with prostitution that's the object of the game, is you want, you want to find girls
2: that are runaways, girls that can't go home, girls that are really strung out. You know, and the first thing you want to do is you want to separate them from everybody. He never physically assaulted me, but, but he tortured me psychologically. My guests today are
1: Courtney and Jess, best friends. Jess introduced Courtney to her abuser and helped her to escape him. Welcome Courtney and Jess, and now let's talk about it. Let's start
0: from the beginning. Well, I met him through a friend. She was his assistant and she had told me about this man that she worked with that she thought I would hit it off with. And at that point, I was actually not interested at all in dating. I had, I was young. I was 22 and I had just, fairly recently gone through a divorce already. He was 40, and he, he found out we were going to be somewhere out in town, and he happened happened to show up, quote-unquote, and he was very persistent. I hadn't been living in the area very long, and I really kept to myself, and I did through my marriage. My marriage wasn't a, a bad marriage. We were just young and got married, and d- we didn't Fit together really coming into adulthood. Coming from a situation where I guess I felt unnoticed to have somebody notice me and continue to be persistent, and he seemed to have, you know, seemed to have his life together. What was his career? He worked in mental health, and then I guess, I don't know, his cockiness or something. War on me, there was something about that that went from being irritating to attractive. And did he say nice things about you when you first met? Oh, very much so. Like what kind of things would he tell you? He told me all the time that I was beautiful. He complimented my outfit, my hair, my jewelry, my makeup, things that I I hadn't really had an experience of men noticing. I met my husband young, I was 15 and we got married, so that was my dating <laughs> experience. He was very uh, complimentary, very gentlemanly, very kind, seemed fun, but stable. Are any of those things true about him as you know no, him now? No, absolutely not. None of that is true. He's the most unstable person I've ever met in my life, but he really seemed, I mean, mm-hmm. I just thought, wow, maybe I've really struck gold with this guy. And tell me about
1: the first signs that things were not that great.
0: The first signs things were not that great was finding out that he had children that he neglected to tell me about. He had an explanation for why he didn't tell me and right off the bat and made it out like it wasn't a big deal. There was a couple, a husband and wife, that were very clearly friends of his. But after they saw me with him a few times, they both pulled me aside while we were out and said just be careful. And I thought, what are you saying that about? And they said, well, you know, he just doesn't have the best track record. Oh my God. You just need to be careful. And then a woman that I worked with found out I was dating him and she warned me. Oh my God. And what did she say? She said to be careful because he has a big drinking problem.
1: Uh Oh, had you had an an indication that he was a drinker?
0: I didn't only because I was so ignorant about what that could look like. It should have been very obvious because alcohol was a regular part of his daily life. And what else did she say to you? About- she said that he can be very violent. Oh my God! Did you see any, any any signs of that? Had you until then? I had not. No, nope. he had told he told me about his past and that he had a drinking problem. Now I realize those don't go away. He did have a criminal record for assault and things from when he was younger. He told you about that. He told me about that. Not against women. He made it very clear that it was always, you know, men who, you know, he got in a fight. Is that true? That it's true that as far as his criminal record goes. Yes, because he never got arrested for anything he did to any of the women he dated.
1: Well, I was in a relationship after I was married and this guy presented himself as like such a woman lover Mm -hmm. and sort of similar to what you're saying, like so romantic and so sensitive. And so engaging to other people, like wherever he went, it seemed like people were really happy to see him. And it was interesting that maybe of my five closest friends or something like three, at least of them, had had bad experiences with him. Money, but, but also other things. And but it's weird how even though they told me that, I couldn't make the connection for, for what I was seeing with my own
0: eyes and listening to my own ears when I was with him and to what they were saying, it just didn't seem to apply. Absolutely. Yep. He, he bought me flowers. I would randomly get jewelry, took me out to dinner all the time. It's exciting, right? Oh, it was Was very exciting. That's the way I felt. I I felt so alive. I've never experienced that ever. I thought this, this person cares about me so much. And he's showing me this whole new world where I grew up is a very small town. And then my husband and I, we just, we just didn't really have a social life or do any of those things, and then having someone who wants to buy you presents and and compliment you. And so would you say the- act like he was showing me off, which at first made me a little uncomfortable, but then it was like, oh wow, he really he really cares about me. He's really proud of me. Do you think the term swept you off your feet applies? Absolutely. Yeah, he hundred percent did.
1: Soon so, after you met him, did you move in with him?
0: About eight months. And was there a difference? from when you moved in with him did things change immediately that night he almost seemed like he was in a rush at first That's like the
1: way my fr- my husband he would was have too. gone
0: and married me that day that yeah. he asked like my husband
1: the first night we met he said i love you and then pretty soon right after that it was talking about marriage
0: yep and then 2 months later i moved in and he he kept assuring me i didn't have to get a storage unit because you know, we're in this for the long haul and we're gonna get married. I did not get a storage unit. I didn't keep any of my furniture. I only kept some of my kitchen stuff that I was like really, really attached to. He thought it was a good idea to just get rid of it and be done with it. We're starting a new life together. I had some debt I was paying off from my divorce, my ex-husband financially left me with quite a mess, actually. Mm. So I was working on that and he assured me, well, you know, when you move in with me, I don't want you to contribute to anything. I just want you to take your money and pay off your debt. So I thought, well, I mean, this is a win-win. I'm gonna get this stuff taken care of faster than I can on my own. I gave up my car, got rid of that for pretty much nothing and got in a car that was in his name. So I didn't own anything, everything was in his name. My mom did not like any of this at all. Did Did you listen to any of it? No. Nope. I thought she was overreacting. My mom's track record with men wasn't great herself. My dad wasn't a nice man, and nobody that she dated was a nice man, so I thought... She doesn't really know anything about this, (laughs) but she knows quite a bit, I realize now. But in my head, I thought, this guy's great. He's not like those guys. Well, the night I moved in, he was supposed to help me with moving the majority of my stuff. And he decided to go on a a motorcycle ride that day. And he was going to meet me when I got out of work and help me with moving. And he never showed up. This was the first time anything like this happened. So his dad and his son helped me move and I couldn't get a hold of him. He wouldn't answer his phone. He wouldn't answer a text. I was petrified. Something really terrible had happened at this point, called the police. It wasn't long enough for them to really do anything about it. So I just waited. There had been some, (laughs) there had been some rumors that there was something happening with a female client where he was working.
1: Like they were having they a relationship? They were
0: having a relationship. Yeah. His explanation was he's working with women who are mentally ill. He's an attractive man. He's the only man working there. They form attachments. Then they say, they have crazy behavior or say crazy things. Don't worry about it. I'm just bringing it to your attention. I want you to hear it from me. So that night I was worried that either A, something terrible happened while I was on his motorcycle or... Something else was going on. It was like the middle of the night. I hadn't slept, worried, still couldn't get hold of him. Uh, So at this point I have no apartment. I don't have anything. And I went to a bar in town that he frequents and his motorcycle was parked out in front of the bar. At this point it's closed everybody's gone. Oh my God. So I knew he hadn't been in a motorcycle accident Jeez. Uh, and I waited across the street in the parking lot and I saw the woman whose name kept coming up. Her car pulled up next to his motorcycle and she was dropping him off at his oh motorcycle. Oh my
1: God. You saw that.
0: So I saw that. Of course, there was a very good explanation, quote unquote, for why that was happening. I think I wanted to believe his excuse. I was in such a pickle at that point, having nowhere to go. And I've always been the type of person I don't want anybody to say, I told you so. And I was going to hear a lot of, I told you so, if I, if I told anyone about that, which that sounds so silly saying it. But Well, I
1: just want to say also, like, that's the weird thing about this. That's why it is important for women to talk with each other, because you think you're alone and you think that that relationship is like unique, but... The same exact same thing happened with me. everything was just roses, champagne and roses until I sold my car well I did give up my job, give up my apartment and everything of mine was gone. I was just about to move back east with him and that that night is when I saw his temper for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's the same friggin thing
0: yep and there were other things like. He put it like he liked to pick out my outfits, and he just enjoyed shopping so much. The same much. thing, with
1: Don. I would we would go to a store. He would sit in in the chair like it was a throne. Yeah. And I would try the things on, and he would nod or shake his head.
0: Yep. He presented <laughs> that like it was just because he cared about me so much, and he was so into clothing and fashion and shopping, and this is a fun couple thing. But it really turned into. I basically had to get approval for every outfit.
1: And how was his style different from yours? You
0: Much flashier, more look, look, sexier. Things would you say? Occasionally, it was it was interesting because sometimes it would be something like that. But if somebody looked at me, he was angry at me oh my for it. At first, it was it'd be things like. If we were out in public and I said something he didn't like, he would shoot me a look and say, we're going to discuss that.
1: Oh my God. Do you remember what kind of things he would say that he didn't like?
0: If I made a joke or something that kind of embarrassed him, he'd say something condescending or he'd say something about my age in front of people. Like, well, I'm doing pretty well. I'm 40 years old and I have a 22 year old. And then I would immediately speak up and say, "Uh, I don't appreciate that. Anything like that, basically, where I stood up for myself, I was being disrespectful. Respect
1: is a really big thing with these guys. It's all about respect.
0: That's not how a woman speaks to her man. You don't embarrass me in public. You don't talk like that in public. And is it something to do with loyalty?
1: Did he mention that, too?
0: Oh, loyalty was huge. Loyalty, respect. So it would be comments like that, and then it started... To be like, he'd grab my arm and squeeze it and be like, I have talked to you about this before.
1: Oh, my God. Would he do that in public?
0: Discreetly. Oh. Yep. He'd kind of act like he was leaning in and and telling me something nice or something. He'd kind of say it with a smile and he'd squeeze my arm and tell me that I better knock it off. Did you stop saying things like that
1: as a result?
0: I did. Yep. Then it would be more like he would drink in excess and at first it'd be like a shove here and there. Then it started he would tell me I wasn't allowed to go to things. I wasn't allowed to go out with certain people. He didn't like if I did anything with my friends. He didn't like when I went to visit my mom. He didn't like me doing anything basically if he wasn't involved and then there were a lot of things that I just wasn't allowed to do anymore. I wasn't allowed to go out anymore because, in his words, I just couldn't behave myself. So he would go out without you? Yeah, he'd go out without me and then he would come home drunk and try to... Well, usually it would be a sexual thing that I didn't want to take part in. Did he force you? Yes. So would you? did he rape you, would you say? It took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that that's what it is if you say no to somebody and you don't want them to do that and you're crying and upset and they do it anyway. Even if they're your fiancé, quote-unquote, that's still rape. It took me a while. The sexual abuse was probably the hardest thing to wrap my head around, actually. That was a pretty hard thing to come to terms with. But if I didn't, he just... I mean, if I really put up a fight about anything or it'd be like, he just wanted to come home and pick a fight about something that I said two Mm -hmm. days ago. Yeah.
1: Just pick a fight. Yeah. Over nothing,
0: right? Over nothing. Yeah. Or I just want to be asleep. It's two o'clock in the morning. I understand that you came home drunk. I don't care. I just, please leave me alone. Yeah. And, you know, no, I'm not going to leave you alone. Was it always
1: when he was drunk?
0: At first, the, the really physical stuff was... But then, no, it would be whenever. And then it got to the point where he was kind of always drunk. He lost his job in the mental health field due to all kinds of accusations about things he was doing with the female clients. So he lost that job and he was bartending for a while. Oh, that's not good. No. So then, you know... If he wasn't working till closing, he'd get off his shift and then just go sit on the other side of the bar and hang out. So we became very good friends with this bar crowd. Were you seeing any friends or family during this time? At that point, no. And why is that? I wasn't allowed to. it wasn't worth what was gonna happen if I pushed it. It wasn't worth the hell that he was gonna put me through if I really put up a fight. I could have put up a fight and said, no, I'm gonna go visit my mom for the day, or no, I'm gonna go out to dinner with my friends. But I knew he'd be a drunken mess and be angry, and I would just have to deal with it after. It wouldn't just be one incident. If I did something he didn't approve of, I'd have to hear about that every day Yeah, for same weeks. thing with me.
1: It would, you know, you, that's, that's the thing that you're reminding me of, that it wasn't just that there'd be hell to pay for that. But he would like never let you forget it. So right. it would be added would be on to the litany of things forever. that they'd be every single time come up over and over again. I forgot about you know, that. That's I'm another a, reason why it's not worth it.
0: It's totally not worth it. Nope. it just wasn't to do anything. So it got to the financially, the promises that he made me about how I could get myself out of debt and things never happened because he almost immediately lost his job. And then that's where the pattern of him never holding a job. But let me ask you. Did your
1: friends and family make inquiries and wonder why they weren't hearing from you? Were they worried about you, do you think, at the time?
0: Yes, my very best friend that introduced us, she was one that initially she was worried about that that other woman that I caught him with. She thought you shouldn't be with somebody who's doing that. And then she noticed the drinking more and she was worried about that. And then she noticed that I was just pulling away from everybody. And she said, I, I think you're in a, a worse situation than any of us realize, and we can help you get out of this. You don't need what to be What did you say? I said that it wasn't that bad, and she just didn't understand. Looking
1: back, could you remember why? You, what your thought process was?
0: I guess I just had accepted that that's where my life was. I didn't have a way out of it. I didn't have any money. He. Drained me financially. It was like paycheck to paycheck, and always a demand that you know I had to buy all the groceries for the house, and I had to do this, that, and the other thing. And he basically had control over my finances, so I didn't have money. I had nothing saved. I had no money to get an apartment. Was
1: that the financial thing a big part of why you? Stayed? The
0: financial thing was a huge part of it, and then he had this daughter that I was very close to. Her mom was not really in the picture, so. She and I were very, very close. At that point, when it got so bad that I even thought about leaving, I couldn't imagine what would happen to her because he was drinking all the time and he was a mess and he couldn't hold a job. And, and how, tell me how you got out. How, how, how long were you, were you living with him for?
1: Two and a half years. And was it getting worse? Very.
0: It had just become a regular occurrence at that point. What had become regular occurrence? Extreme verbal abuse. What would he? What would he say to you? He would talk regularly about the weight that I gained. He actually put me on a diet a couple times, and had me take HCG hormones, fat burner hormones, and put me on workout programs and stuff. He didn't like. Any changes that I made to my hair, and I really wanted shorter hair. You're a
1: hairdresser, so you like to experiment, probably.
0: Yes, he didn't like that. If he didn't approve of it, it shouldn't happen. And that was my one way of being slightly rebellious. My boss would do my hair a little differently. Then that changed because, again, it wasn't worth the hell that I would go through. I mean, I got bangs once, and I walked into where he worked, and he told me in front of everybody how ugly I looked, and it made me look even fatter. So the the degrading had started to happen in front of other people. So that had gotten really extreme and then it was a constant like either something got thrown at me or got woken up in the middle of the night or wasn't allowed to go to bed. If he was home drinking, he would just make me stay up and hang out with him in the living room. One night he made me make him some soup So he hauled me out of bed physically by my feet and I got up, decided that finally, whatever, I'll make you some soup. And I gave it to him. So there was this really hot bowl of soup and he wanted me to sit down and eat soup with him. So we had two really hot bowls of soup and he started to get angry again. I don't know why you can't just do what I want you to do. I don't don't know why you have to make everything so difficult. I've changed your life. I've provided so much. It It made no Made no sense. He actually he had a giant solid wood kitchen high top kitchen table that we were sitting at, and he flipped it over on me with the two, steaming bowls of soup, and then he took his big flat screen television and smashed it in the middle of the floor. He picked up one of the broken bowls and threw it at me. That night was the first night I left. I packed a bag and left, and I drove to that, that best friend that introduced us. I showed up at her house about 2 o'clock in the morning and told her everything that happened, told her everything that was going on. and
1: You must have been talking for a long time to we, tell her everything.
0: We were up for a, quite a while, and I told her I was going to leave, which I did not. I didn't leave then. That was not the end of it. I went back. And, and he, do you
1: remember why you went back?
0: He apologized and he promised he was going to quit drinking and it was all because of his drinking that he got like that. Did you
1: feel that you loved him still? Is that part of why you went back, do you think?
0: I think I thought that I loved him and I blamed everything on his on his drinking. Like, well, if he could just stop drinking and then if he could just find a job that he likes that made him happy and if I could do these things that would make his life easier, like he says. So if I was more pleasing, he had a job he liked and he could stop drinking, maybe that person I met will come back and we can really have this future that I picture. You know,
1: someone told me that, like that's how they describe heroin. They say that you take it and it's like the greatest feeling in the world and the rest of your time taking it is chasing that high. Do you think there's something to be said about a similarity with a relationship like that? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. The whole time I was just hanging on to this glimpse, even when I moved out, I didn't get rid of him at that point. I was with him for years, chasing a six month period A feeling of that time. you had when you were with him, yeah. when he made you feel really in the, good in the beginning. Yeah, in the very beginning. I spent years waiting for this quick little slot of time, this short lived thing that I felt and saw waiting for that to come back at first it was like well there's more good days than bad and then it turned there were the same amount of good days as bad and then there were way more bad days and the good days I had kind of forgotten what they were like because they just weren't there anymore do you think that you change as a person while you're with him I sure did I became very quiet and I'd always been a very independent person I was raised by a very independent woman who was like you say what you think and you don't you don't need anybody around and you don't take crap from anybody and that's kind of how I was and all of that got taken away I said that's never gonna happen to me I'll never be that person and I put up with all of it I let him take everything away from me including my personality I just became defeated completely hated myself for so many reasons I was completely convinced I was unlovable I was difficult I'm the reason why my husband had an affair and my marriage didn't work. He threw that in your face? Yep. Usually if I didn't want to do whatever sexual thing he wanted, this is exactly why your husband had an affair. So I was unattractive. My career wasn't anything special. Nothing to be proud of. I got to the point where I believed in it. Tell me how you got away. So at this point, his daughter knew our relationship wasn't great. She would tell me that she didn't want me with her dad because she thought I deserved better, but she didn't want me to leave. Wow. And she was a huge part of why I stayed. I felt like I was the only role model at all this kid had, and I was the only stable person in her life. The pivotal moment when I decided, all right, this can't happen, was he was out drinking with his friends, and he called me and said, I need you to come pick me up at the bar. So I went. I went. And then he decided he didn't want to leave. Well, fine, then you can take a taxi. He didn't like that I told him off in front of everybody. So he followed me out and uh, screamed and yelled at me in the parking lot, grabbed me and was shaking me. Cops came around. Is everything okay? And of course I said everything was fine. The cops, after they talked to him, left. There were so many people around that were yelling at him and stuff, and he was yelling and causing a huge scene. So then he, but he said, oh, you know, yeah, you're right. I got to go home, da-da-da. So then they went on their way and he came over and got in the car. And the minute he got in the car, he said, I was in trouble because I caused him to cause a scene. He was so mad at me. I was just in big trouble.
1: When he said you were in big trouble, were you afraid?
0: I was because he would get this kind of crazy look when I knew he was like really over the edge mad and unpredictable. I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, maybe I'm going to be what he hits. Maybe the wall. I don't know.
1: I, I called it flipping the switch. Did you ever think of it that way? Like a switch would flip and he'd become yeah. somebody else?
0: Yep. Yeah, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. You never happened. knew really how bad it was going to be until the it switched. The yeah, and then, then it was really Then scary. you knew yeah. it's not going to be good. There's no talking away out is it true that you
1: would do anything you could to prevent it from getting to that stage? That's yes. why you would placate and you would just back up, do everything you could.
0: Yep. If I started out being mouthy and then I saw that yeah. that's where it was going, I stopped. Yeah. Like, there's... Yeah. I did not keep it going, and it. but it didn't matter at that point. Yeah. You, I couldn't do anything right. No, it just didn't right. matter. That Even matter, if I went and it. did what, whatever it was he wanted me to do, it wasn't it's done correctly happen. or I put up a fight beforehand. I should have just been willing to do it right along.
1: And that shows you, know? you that it had nothing to do with you. It's all him. <laughs> but at the time you think that you could prevent it, you think it's your fault for not preventing it, that you shouldn't have said that yep. or you shouldn't have done this. Absolutely.
0: Or- so, so that night, I got him home after quite an ordeal. He completely flipped out, and I made it into the house, and he grabbed me and slammed me against the wall and was screaming, and I was trying to fight my, myself away from him and shove him. So he's shoving me, I'm shoving him. We're basically wrestling at the top of the stairs, and he's still trying to push me down the oh stairs. Oh, So I had gotten away from him and shoved him against the wall and went to run, and when I turned... His daughter was standing in the kitchen watching the whole thing. And that was like... How old was she? She at that time was 13. And she wasn't saying anything. She was just watching. Just watching with silent tears running down her face. And I said, you just need to go upstairs. Everything's fine. Everything was not fine. But I said, everything's fine. It's okay. Don't worry. Just go upstairs. Go in your room. Shut the door. Lock the door. Then I was in trouble for telling his daughter to go upstairs and lock the door as if he was unsafe. And I just thought, if I believe I'm the only good role model this kid has, then what is that saying?
1: Yeah. Oh, just to put up with it. Sa- yeah,
0: to stay. I oh, mean. Okay,
1: well, that's very interesting. Yeah. What kind of message is that? To you treat,
0: to, to act like that's an okay way to be treated. Right. I mean, I would never want her to put up with anything remotely close to that. And. I know what it's like to grow up in an abusive household, and I vowed I would never, ever, ever, ever put a kid through that. She knew what her dad was. It just was crazy to have her actually see this huge physical fight. It wasn't even the worst one we'd ever had by any means, but the fact that she saw it, I just thought, I can't do this. And that was the moment when I really started planning how I was getting out, and I did. He had told me multiple times I couldn't leave him. You will be with me, period. You're my person. I'm your person. We're never going to be apart. You're never getting rid of me.
1: That's what Don used to say. He said, we'll, we'll never get a divorce. Yep. Yeah.
0: Like, the, the alternative was, you're going to be dead.
1: Did he say that, or did you feel it?
0: I felt it for a while. He did tell me several times that he, he would rather see me dead than with somebody else or without him. Was it difficult to leave? It was extremely difficult to leave. Mm -hmm. It was scary to leave. And it was heartbreaking to leave his daughter. And then, you know, having to tell... I, I still... The only person that knew anything was my very best friend... After I told her everything and showed up at her house a couple times, I stopped telling her what was going on, well maybe it'll get better, and if it's going to get better and I tell her every time we have a fight, that's all she's going to think about and she's not going to give me the chance to stay and, and, and understand. It's such a strange mindset, it's just crazy. So I, I stopped being as open with her, but I did tell her when I was going to be leaving. But she was the only person that knew. I didn't know what I was going to tell people if I had painted out that it was this perfect relationship and then all of a sudden I'm You were, leaving. You were
1: worried about that?
0: That was very worried about that. And
1: what that. did you tell them? Was that even an issue?
0: In my head, I thought the whole world was going to be so shocked. They really weren't. Nobody was. There wasn't anybody that was surprised. Wow. They had seen enough glimpses and they had seen enough of a change in me. My friends and family told me regularly that I, they didn't know who I was anymore.
1: So one of the main things that was keeping you in there wasn't even
0: an issue. Wasn't even an issue. Nope. I just thought it was. Well, thank you,
1: uh, Courtney, for coming again. and Thank you, Jess, for joining us. and Thank you again, Jess, for agreeing to come in, because I just thought it would be interesting to get the perspective of the best friend, and especially
2: Mm -hmm. the best friend who introduced her to uh, this guy. So I knew him from multiple avenues. Um, Like I said, I think a lot of people respected him. Um, thought that, you know, again, I think it's the protectiveness, like he presented himself as protective, um, and like, I can take on anything, I can handle anything, I've got you, and I've got any other situation that comes my way, I'm not worried. That was his attitude. mm -hmm. And I think that that's, um, why people liked him, I think, because they felt protected, which is weird. And who, who who were the kind of people who liked him? Everybody. Courtney and I had actually just started our friendship a few months. A I few know. months, yeah. Yeah. Felt like forever. Um, I feel like I've known her for my entire life. And we clicked, like, really quickly. Um, like, we were best friends instantly, which is cool. Um, so I didn't really know too much about Courtney, and I really didn't know a lot about him because I had kind of just probably a few months same thing gotten introduced to him um so I kind of just you know I knew that she had gotten out of a a different relationship before that and that you know a boost to to go on to move to something different new and hopefully better um that's kind of what I was trying to do
0: (laughs) he would introduce Jess as his sister to people he that she was like I mean, the sun rose and set on her. He would have done anything for her. He talked very highly of her to everybody. Um, people really thought he was her big brother.
1: When did you when did you get see the first signs of trouble in their relationship?
2: Um, a few months in. Um, I think he proposed. Oh my God! Just a few months in. Yeah, he sure did. And that was a, a sign for me that I was like, eee um I was a little nervous <laughs> for her. um then why why were you nervous for her with that just because like i feel like they hadn't really known each other and she had just come out of a marriage before so i was a little i i was a little taken back that it happened so quickly um and we were hanging out a little bit quite a bit before um that and then she started hanging out with him more So then she slowly started distancing herself from her friends. Or we would hang out as a group with him. had to be with him. What was your impression of him when you saw them together? Um, At first, it was happy. Um, She seemed happy. He seemed happy. At that time, we actually were all, you know, into going and dancing and having fun time. And he was right there with us, um, trying to. um, Did he fit into your crowd? he would make himself fit in. And I think that's part of, like, where he would buy things for people. Um, What did you think about the fact that he was buying things for people? Like, a round of drinks, that kind of thing? Yep, a round of drinks. Sometimes he'd buy dinner. Um, He would, in his conversations with people around, it seemed to be a lot of, like, showing off and um, telling, like, past stories of, like, all of these things that it's accomplished, which... I'm not diminishing anything that anybody accomplishes um, and like luring you in, just trying to but what, pull you people in. people buy it though? The crowd of your oh, friend yes. friends? You're, so he was
1: popular with your crowd of friends?
2: With everybody. Um, and then there was a situation where I felt like he was actually cheating on her and I had said something to her. Um, and we, we went to her apartment because she had an apartment before she moved in with him. Um, and she, something had come up and we were in her apartment and she was having a bad day with this situation and, um, she laid on the floor and cried and I just laid with her while she cried and, and listened to her talk about it. Um, I, I also helped her, helped her move in <laughs> to his apartment. Um, so that was interesting as well. We had a mutual friend who had the same birthday as she did, and we wanted to do a birthday party together. And we actually set it up so that we would all go to the, a local restaurant and um, have dinner together as a surprise. And um What restaurant? She, Park Street Grill. Yeah. Um, and then she had texted me and said that she wasn't able to do it because she was going to do something with um, her partner. And it really bothered me because... I had talked with him about doing this and he was on board, but then it was like later on she had told me that he was actually the one that said that he didn't want to do anything and he, like for her birthday, he didn't want to do it, but yet he was presenting to me that he wanted to. Did he do anything for your birthday that you, that day, do you remember? No, he did not.
0: I just wasn't allowed to go be with my friends. He just made me feel really guilty about it and he didn't celebrate your birthday anyway. <clears throat> no. And
1: how did you feel about missing the, the party that was you could have you could have gone to?
0: I felt really guilty. It was really hard. It was cuz it was only a few hours before. It wasn't like I gave them it. I didn't have any heads up about it, but I knew if I went, it was just going to it wasn't going to be worth it. It was going to be hell to pay after, so it felt really terrible cuz I had to let everybody down and I knew Jess had gone and picked up cupcakes from my favorite bakery. and Which bakery is that? Uh, laugh, loud, smile, big. Oh, okay. And uh, and everybody was going to be there to have dinner and stuff, and they were planning on it. And, I mean, to have people plan something for you and then be like, oh, I'm actually not
2: coming. Did you, were you good. honest
1: about why you couldn't go?
2: Uh, no. Another red flag, which was around the same time, was um, her car that she had had before the previous relationship, was not in the best shape and it needed a lot of work. So he went out and bought her a car. And then, like, there was a lot of, like, putting it in so-and-so's name. And she was really excited about it, but that was another thing. I was like, ugh, that doesn't seem good. Like, doesn't seem okay. That it's in his name. Yeah, almost like it was, like, here's a present, a birthday present. But... I'm going to put it in my name. So, um, just, can we talk a little more about the time when you really
1: felt she was in danger and you, were you, were you worried for her?
2: Um, yeah. So the times, like I said, that she had had called me in the middle of the night and she needed somewhere to go. That's when I really could tell that there's something going on. Um, then she had told me, you know, like that there was financial issues that had happened. Um, and I think the, they had separated, then they didn't live together anymore. Well, so I had had an apartment because I um, I wasn't in a relationship. So I had my own apartment. Um, and actually I said, I'm leaving this apartment. Leave that situation and take this apartment. This is the perfect opportunity to get away. So that actually happened. So I moved out of my apartment and she took it over. Was that the end of this guy? No. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, there was what two or three years? Was it three or two?
0: After moving out, yeah,
2: two. So in between, like the two year time frame, it would be like, I'm not going back. I'm I'm done. I'm that's it. But then a few weeks later, I'd be like, So, how's it going? Well, I went over to his house and hung out. Hmm. That's not really good, but she still had her apartment, so she would still go back to her place. Um, And then I was always there to try to be supportive and just say, you know, like, I I don't think it's a good idea that you keep going back. I don't think that it's healthy for you. Um, But ultimately, you're going to make your own choices, and I I can't do anything about it except just know that I'm here.
0: I did lose other friends that just they couldn't wrap their heads around why they didn't even know half of what Jess knew. And they, even just that, they couldn't wrap their heads around why I would put up with it. And they kind of wrote me off like, well, if you're dumb enough to stay, then that's your problem. And, um, Are they friends now or no, no. Did you try to renew friendship? No, with them? they weren't really friendships worth renewing, honestly, anyway, but, um, and I do have a couple of friends that I had at that time, but they were more much more abrasive when I did tell them things, so I just completely stopped talking to them
1: so just this is a good advice probably for anybody out there who has a friend who's going through this what you did. how would you sum up how would you sum up what
2: to do? I would say you have to think about what you say before you say it so so be respectful about what you're gonna say. Not judgmental, would you say? Right. Don't judge. Right. Be honest, because um, still they still still need to tell the truth. Um, but be supportive and just keep saying like, you know, I'm here. I'm here for you when you're ready. Were there times when you were like really frustrated? Yeah, I mean, it's always frustrating to see somebody that you love going through such hardship and. Um, you just keep seeing the pattern go over and over and over. Um, I also think that I've had experience in the past, um, and that's helped me to be supportive to to Courtney. So you I've, you've had a, a, abusive relationships as well. Um, I had an abusive person when I was sixteen, and I my parents were also uh, abusive to one another. So I had, I think I've seen it in, in multiple aspects. So when it came to Courtney, I just felt like just being there to be supportive for her in any way possible. Um, And knowing that it's her time, like when, when she's ready, she's going to, she's going to do what she wants to do. She's going to do what she needs to do.
1: And then tell me about, you said, so for about two years, she had, she was in her own apartment, but
2: still going back. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? I think eventually, um, I think something bad happened. What was it that
0: the daughter seeing the interaction is what that was what finalized? I got to move out. But that wasn't the end of the relationship. Oh, because then you
2: went into an apartment,
0: the apartment that just had, had and there was another two years of seeing it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Was it like, I think it was a lot of drinking, being nasty and mean, Mm -hmm. and financially, you were taking care of
0: him a lot. I was still taking care of his house in a lot of ways financially, even though we didn't live together. So and so here we are when we start, where daughter. he's going to
1: take care of you financially. <laughs> yeah. And then two years later, you're taking care of him. Did she seem different to you?
2: Yes. How did um, she seem different? So when talking, she would avoid some th- some things. Um, but later on down the road, she opened up and said, and had told me quite a bit of stuff that had happened. And at that point I was angered, um, because I don't want anybody to treat her like that. Nobody deserves to be treated like that. Um, and, and then had some guilt. I think I still have a lot of guilt, um, for introducing her and getting her kind of attached. And I always tell her like, well, let me, (laughs) I never wanted to play Cupid, um, And I did, and then that situation happened. And then after, I didn't want to do it again because I didn't want to make a mistake and introduce her to the wrong person. But then after a while, I just said, what the heck, let's try. I've tried to introduce her to people since then or uh, influence her to reach out of her comfort zone so that if she sees a cute guy at Shaw's, that she goes over and actually talks to him instead of just walking away. you the that set away. him up with her voices? <laughs> she She pushed me to talk to him. <laughs> weren't you worried about
1: that from no. the last time? No.
2: No, she's she's uh, Courtney's grown so much. I think she's really found her independence and her voice. Courtney, Courtney do you feel that it was something in
1: you that? caused this thing to happen or something that you didn't do or did do that got you into this relationship?
0: Um, I do think that I was not ready to be dating at that time. I was not healed from my divorce. I had not worked on myself and my self-esteem at all. It was total just I mean it was much worse after this bad relationship any little bit of self esteem i had was ripped away but i i just i didn't know who i was i was young i was freshly divorced i mean i met this guy less than 6 months after after i split from my husband
1: when i met this guy that um i had dat- I dated after my marriage and he was wrong that um there there seemed to be like a big hole that he filled for me because I had just come out of this 29 year abusive marriage and he was so romantic and so wonderful. And I just felt I needed that because I hadn't had that for so long. Yeah. But then I started to think that I, when I said the word I
0: needed that I was needy. Right. And I think that was the problem. It was pretty easy to see that I, I had some healing to do and he knew about my divorce and he knew my husband had had an affair and he knew I was young and all of that. So I, I just, I wasn't ready. I hadn't healed. I didn't know who I was. I wasn't confident.
1: There's this, there's this quote <clears throat> that I like. It says, um, when you're hungry for love, you'll feed on, on lies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. If I wasn't hungry for love after I got divorced, I, this, I would have seen through this guy. hmm mm-hmm. But when you're hungry, you really do the li- you'll you'll feed on the lies, and you won't you're you're you won't you'll be blind. I think
0: absolutely, yeah, so true. I don't remember exactly what happened when I finally was done. I do remember though; it felt like a light switch had been. I I just. I just had finally had enough. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was a, a mess of a, an on and off situation, and um. At that point, I was like his part time girlfriend, kind of. He didn't want to say he was in a relationship and he had excuses of why we shouldn't put a label on it. It was too stressful and we don't want to get in the situation we were in before. And the physical stuff at that point wasn't happening much because I would just leave. When he started, when he'd be really drunk and be super belligerent, I'd say, Well, I have an apartment, I'll just leave. But then he'd lure me back in and he needed, you know, something for his daughter or he couldn't pay the light bill or something. And then it would be lure me back into being his girlfriend or whatever it was. And I I don't remember if there was a big, huge, significant thing. He just was always mean and nasty and drunk. And I guess I just was finally like, ah, I don't want this to be the rest of my life. He was getting worse. So it was getting worse. Yeah. And at that point, I had none of my friends liked him. He couldn't be around any of my friends. He wasn't welcome at anything. My friends wouldn't come over there. My mom didn't want to visit and be around him. So I was just like, why am I putting up with being treated like crap? I can't do anything financially in my own life because I'm taking care of this. Nobody wants to be around him. He's getting worse, like going more downhill. I just was like, I guess this is enough, finally.
1: (laughs) Do you remember, Jess, when you found out from her that it was over?
2: Yeah, I actually think there was a situation where I called you one night, or you called me, and you were on the couch in the apartment. You told me you were. And you were crying. There probably was some big blow-up. I've just pushed away by now. I, I just remember her saying, like, I'm done. And I said, okay, that's good. And hopeful that that was it. And I think it, it felt a little different because it, I think she had to turn a little into anger. So she had to be angry. Mm. She had to be mad mm-hmm. um, at him and realize that it was not good. And and that's, I think, when I was like, okay, she might actually really be done because she's angry right now. Because before that, you probably felt sorry for him. Yeah. Is that
0: true? I would say, yeah. I was always able to make up an excuse for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was good at making excuses, and if he couldn't come up with one, I was more than happy to. Um, And were you also thinking he was going to change until then? I don't think I honestly thought he was going to change. I remember having times where I would be like, well, can I deal with this? Is this okay? Like, Maybe it's normal that in a relationship you don't live together and... You know, as long as I can, if I only see him at certain times and he can be happy when I'm around, you know, maybe we can make this work, you know. I Yeah, remember. Just,
1: it just reminds me that in my own relationship, like, I couldn't go out with him because even going to a restaurant, I had to stop even going to a restaurant with him because he would just bore into me like humiliate me and I'd be like crying at the, at the table. Yeah. There's no way I could ever go out with him to a party with friends because he would just totally embarrass me. Yeah. And I couldn't travel with him because he was like super stressed mm-hmm. when he traveled. And there was a time when I realized like the only thing I can do is just be in the house with him. And that was also difficult, but I just couldn't, there's not everything yep. else was closed off. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking that like, it's true. It closes in more and more, doesn't it? It There's fewer and fewer things you could actually do with them.
0: I very vividly remember the last time we went to a restaurant together and it ended in, it was fine at first. And it was like lunch at a restaurant. I thought it was perfectly safe. He, of course, had to have a few drinks. I made a joke to the waitress. She put the bill in front of him. And then, of course, he passed the bill to me. Oh, my God. And then the waitress said, oh, she made some comment like, oh, he's not even going to buy your lunch. And she laughed. She was just trying to be funny. And that made him so angry at me. I was in trouble for the waitress making the joke. So the whole ride home oh my god that's all I listened to about oh how he, I made him I I embarrassed him I made him feel berated it's not his fault he doesn't have a job and oh da, da 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 um. Were you crying in the car? I was crying, yep. I was driving, of course, and crying, and then it was, and of course, I can't talk to you about anything without you crying, you know. You couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything right. I didn't say anything to the waitress, but I laughed at her joke, which is what was out of line. Um, I I encouraged her, quote-unquote, and then I was like, I guess we can't even go out to eat. Mm-hmm. So That was off the table. That right? was that. So that and was in the beginning. You used to love to take. Remember that was. T- oh yeah, <laughs> that was one of the
1: things you liked <laughs> about him. That he yep, took you to we eat, out, out to all restaurants the all the
0: time. Yeah. But no, I was like, well, you know, we can't even go out to eat anymore. Did
1: he ever say you couldn't hang out with her? <sighs> uh
0: I don't actually remember a time where he came out and used use the words you can't hang out with her but he would make it very clear if I did when he didn't want me to it wasn't going to be good like well I guess if you want to go hang out with her you can see how that goes you know things like that would be said like yeah sure try it and then when you came back what would be what is that it be um. Usually, he'd be really, really drunk. That was that was always kind of what would happen. If I did go do something that he didn't want me to do, like go to dinner with my friends, or, you know, anything with my friends, he would be completely plastered by it the time like I got. You caused home. It. Right. Mm-hmm. I drove him to get to that point, point. Mm-hmm. and then he'd be he'd be angry and belligerent, and that was that. It was be very easy to pick a fight because I did something wrong. Or we'd be, we'd go to dinner and maybe we'd go somewhere for a drink and he would show up there completely plastered. Do you remember that, Jess?
2: Yeah, that that's happened a few times. Dr. Declan, Mr. Hyde. Really? Yep. I would definitely say the person that I met before and then the person at the end um, was completely different. And I think Courtney's right when she says like, because um, he thought I wasn't loyal to him. Um. And, and I think so his attitude towards me changed. And then he actually let some of his true colors show through.
1: It wasn't so much better. But was it a lot worse than she saw?
0: Oh, yeah. Way worse than she saw. For sure. He could usually kind of keep his cool in front of people a bit. Like I mean, he would definitely pick fights and he'd say things. And there were times he'd pull me out of an establishment by my arm and... Things like that, but did it, you see that Jess? No, Jess. <laughs> J- I will say he was he was very good at who he did certain things or who was around when he did certain things. So that little number grabbing my arm and pulling me out of a place would never have happened in front of Jess because Jess was the my strong assertive friend. Like she would have a hundred percent put a stop to that. He would do that in front of people that knew it shouldn't be happening, but would would just let it... Other friends. ...happen. Other friends. Of his. Yeah. They were like the mutual friends that we'd see around and stuff that... They knew it was wrong and they would talk to me privately and things, but they would not say anything in What do you think about that looking back?
1: that It's so wrong.
0: It's so wrong.
1: So looking back, Courtney, what did it mean to have Jess in your life through through this whole period... What did it mean
0: to you? Uh, I think Jess... I think it's f- probably fair to say that Jess saved my life a couple times when it was really bad and I was able to escape in the middle of the night when he was really out of control um, and I had a place to go where I knew I could go at any time. Like, when some... I'll, I. Feel like it's probably rare for someone to say you can really call me at any time and actually mean it. And Jess actually meant it, and I took her up on it when I really needed to. Um, and I think I don't know how long, how much longer it would have taken for me to actually move out and get out, or if I would have gotten out if I didn't have somebody like Jess in my corner. I honestly don't know what would have happened. She was kind of my little voice of reasoning through all the situations. There were, there were lots of times I would hear Jess's voice in my head and, you know, I knew what was going on wasn't okay and she was just my safe haven.
1: And Courtney, you, you, you have friends who have gone through it or are going through it right now? Yes. And so what is your way forward with them if you see them in that situation?
0: I used to be someone before that situation that would look at women in abusive relationships like my mom. I mean, I grew up in, in it. So I, I'd i look at those situations and think, how, how could you stay in that? Why? Why would you ever do that? And I was very quick to judge. I'll be the first to say I was very quick to judge. And, um, that situation changed my perspective completely in every way. So I don't judge. Um, I still get frustrated. Sometimes I don't ever tell that person that I'm frustrated with them. That's not going to help. It's not constructive. Um, and chances are they're frustrated. Nobody wants to be in a situation like that. So I'm not judgmental. Um, I'm supportive like Jess was to me. I'm honest with them and let them know, like you are aware that This is abuse, right? You know, try to have a conversation, not just throw things at them like, well, that's wrong. Like, have a conversation. Do you know this is wrong? Do you understand why this is wrong? Um, Is this what you want long term? Try to get the wheels turning, but let them know that they can talk to me. They can come to me. I'm not going to judge them. I understand what they're going through and there are resources and there's a way out. So I guess that's just how I try to be, make sure nobody wants to close the door, because I closed the door on a lot of people once I felt like they were going to be too pushy or too abrasive or judge me in any way. And that's a dangerous
2: thing when the door is closed. Definitely. Absolutely. I think that's important as to why you, you have to be careful about being too pushy with someone is because... You want to make sure that there's still that opportunity that if they if they need somebody to talk to that they have someone who they feel comfortable to be able to reach out to when they're ready to talk to someone or need help. Had I been like some of you know some of her other friends and either just shut her out or um, basically said you know y- you can leave, I don't think she would have. I don't think she would have responded that well. <laughs> you don't, you don't tell Courtney what to do. That's not how she doesn't take that. But then he was able to. He was able to. to. <laughs> yeah.
1: What do you think? Thinking about it, how 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 could that have been? I know it's
0: crazy. I can't even wrap my head around it. We're not social
2: distancing. Not I know. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love you so much. Oh, I
2: love you. Cool.
1: <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn more about our survivor powered nonprofit organization, Finding Our Voices, and to find out how you can help us break the silence, visit findingourvoices.net. Feel free to get in touch with me, Patricia McLean, founder and president of Finding Our Voices, at hello at findingourvoices.net. Until next time, remember, Love should feel good. It's been a long, long time. It's been a long.